You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. I want to share the bed with you, Maddie. Yes. I could be Big Spoon. Aww. And Maddie Rose. <laughs> yeah. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour two. It's The Big Show, powered by MortgagesToGo.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit MortgagesToGo.ca. At the bottom of the hour, NHL Insider for Daily Faceoff, Frank Saravalli. I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, a lot of trade speculation around the Calgary Flames. What? Yeah. Really? Why? Yeah. Uh, th- Why would they, they might do be, that? They, they might be the star <laughs> of the season of trade show. Trade on, season. <laughs> on Friday, March 8th on so Sportsnet. Trade season. You got to get it right. The season of trades, trade season. What's it called? Corporate is going to be so mad that you keep messing up the liner. Honestly, what is it even called? It's trading season. Is it called that? No, it's not. I'm trying to (laughs) gaslight him. Why don't we know what it's called? Are they going to have Eklund on like they had years ago? And he was wrong about everything? E6, baby. He's like, oh, Eklund has a thing. And he was like, oh, he was wrong. The only, Eklund only knew stuff about the Flyers. That was his only source. <laughs> Everything else he just made up. Hockey Central trade deadline? Oh, that's oh, this, is a, a, this is a twenty. Is that what it's called? This is a 2015 story. Oh. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen a, I've seen commercials. I know I have. I have. <laughs> They're all, like, working away and. Cabin. Jeff Mariclip of the ruthless pursuit of the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Very intense. Is that the one where Cabby's texting? No, that's no. the app. Oh no, you, you could. Yeah, Ken Reed. You, you got to tap that. that app. App. Ken Reed. I can't believe they made him do that. That's. I every time I hear that, I'm like, this is a commercial. What are we doing? That is a 6 a.m. joke. Listen, I love <laughs> that, that. I would tap like, that uh, app. Get out of here. Feel your heat. Yeah. Ugh. Bleh. Gross. Okay. Um, Brent Cron in studio. Um, it's my nephew's birthday tomorrow. The reason why you should care is this. He's turning legal age tomorrow. Uh-huh. So what did you do the first day you turned legal age? 960, 960, name and location. We want to hear story time, and we want to play him for Brent Cron because the Flames lost 6-3 to the Sharks last night, and it was a stinky game. It was a stinky, stinky, formaggi-like game for the Calgary Flames. Great first period. Really sticking it to the Sharks, had a one nothing lead, had a great opportunity to go up 2 nothing on a Jonathan Huberto breakaway. No Surrey Bob. Blew that game, played a terrible second, terrible third period. Flames fall 6-3, leaving Dustin Wolfholt to dry in a lot of occasions. Uh, we'll, get the, uh, we'll get the thoughts of uh, the Big Show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron, on the performance of Dustin Wolf straight ahead coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, during that broadcast last night, I was a little melancholy. I was a little sad. Uh-huh. Because there was a missed opportunity on two different occasions What's in the broadcast. That? What's that? So a uh, friend of the show, we've had him on once, um, Mr. Kelly Rudy. Yeah, yeah. Um, He mentioned our show. He did? He did. Yeah, yeah, briefly. Early oh. on. Briefly mentioned our show. I was Leonardo DiCaprioing the TV. Yeah. Wait, and, from uh, Super Bowl he, uh, or... No, 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 no the, the pointing from uh, <laughs> oh, okay, good, the, yeah, yeah. Once upon a time, time in Hollywood, Hollywood. yeah. Um, I should have said Titanic, you know, Inception. <laughs> you know, I should have uh, The Departed. I should have just named a million other movies. So, 
Um, I was upset about it because we could have added to your intro for the Rose Report, and we mm. didn't. So but here's he, the clip. Oh. Literally two minutes into the broadcast, when the game started last night, here's Kelly Rudy talking about Pospisil and the interview we had from Luke. Here it is. Play the clip, GVP. Well, our good friend Luke Gazdick, who's on the morning show on Tuesday, raving about Pospisil for good reason. And this is some of the things that he does so well that Luke was so excited about. So good on the forecheck, so good down low, and that creates a scoring opportunity taken away by Classic. But that is exactly what he provides most nights. Yeah. What an opportunity. <laughs> you know, Kelly, like, I know you're listening. You heard it. We're the big show, which isn't a, uh, it's not an original name. And it no, kinda there's like a million radio shows in North America called the big show. But whatever. Uh, you know, hey, the morning show with uh, George and Maddie. Like, mm-hmm. that would have been great. Mm-hmm. Or Maddie and George. Doesn't matter. It's featuring Patrick. I don't care however he said it. Mm. It was just the morning show. With GVP. Yeah. Featuring GVP and Patrick. Mm-hmm. It was a lost opportunity. Mm-hmm. And... I, I will say something else coming up in one second, but also let's fast forward to the second period, Maddie, where there was another opportunity potentially what? To, to mention our show. Hit it, GVP. I'd hate to be this guy. Rick, every single radio show, sports radio show I'm listening to during the day, whether it's based on a Toronto or Calgary or wherever, it's when is Tanev going to get traded? Where is he going to get traded? Man, that's got to be a lot of noise. Got the puck down. Probably the quietest place is on the ice when you play yes, the game, right? Totally. It's time of the year for a guy like him who's a UFA at the yeah. end of the season and playing extremely well. And I know all players that don't listen to it and all that, but I know from just talking to guys, their family members all tell them everything, right? So another chance for Kelly to uh, mention Must- the shows he listens to. By the way, it's all your it's fault. Me. All the noise. It's all your fault. My fault? Yeah, it's strictly your fault. It's no, it's we as the media's fault <laughs> that other teams don't realize that Chris Tanev is a pending <laughs> unrestricted free agent, and that he's a really good defenseman <laughs> that could probably help you in your quest to win a championship. Yeah, plus That's the media's fault. Three hours hey, to fill. What else are we going to talk about? Hey, all that Markstrom trade talk. No other team has noticed he's playing really good. Only but, we have. By the way, that and we a, want to train him out of here. That caught a little bit of fire yesterday too. Wow. Yeah, a little bit. And the way he was handing pucks out to fans, apparently that's yeah. something he never does. Yep. It's, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's kind oh, of like was... Brad at the bench last Listen, year." If you want me to get my tinfoil hat on, I can get my tinfoil hat on. But yeah, there was a few things. Um, I'm sad. Um, because Kelly Rudy had an opportunity to uh, talk about her show and he didn't. <laughs> Well, I guess I guess we're gonna have to be better. I guess more memorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say this: uh, the reason why Kelly doesn't generally come on our show—it's early, right? Yes. Uh, Luke Gazdick was on at seven a.m. I'm not saying. Oh, that's. Oh. I'm not saying, Patrick. I know. I'm not saying anything. I get it. But that's early. I'm not saying. But I'm saying. All right. Kelly, we'd love to have you on again. 8 o'clock. Let's do it. We'll have Millsy on, too. Mm. Um, okay, put your tinfoil hat on here for the next two minutes about the Jacob Markstrom stuff, and then you can you can ask uh, Frank about it coming up. Okay. You want me to 
spill out all my uh, all the hints I saw yesterday? Sure. All right, here's the deal. Okay. Uh, yesterday we saw uh, basically every member of the Flames media contingent tweet out the Devils had multiple staffers in attendance on the scouting list. That is true. Okay. Which isn't that crazy. No, 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 no. No, it's just the first one. It's just the first part. Listen, this is a spider web of connections, George, that when it comes into picture, you'll see that there's a way that a fly can easily get caught in this web. Okay. Uh, Markstrom, perhaps a strange scratch, didn't practice earlier, but was able to back up. And Wolf also mentioned that he was kind of surprised by the start in the postgame avail, which I found was very interesting. You mentioned Markstrom. Took a little extra time at the end of practice, warm-ups, mm-hmm. throwing some pucks to fans. Now, granted, he, he is typically um, starting when he's at home, so maybe that's just something that happened because he, he wasn't starting, but, you know, it's out there as well. Vladar, closer to a return, and if Vladar's healthy, all of a sudden they actually have two goaltenders in Wolf and Vladar, so that makes it so they can actually, you know, make this deal go through. And uh, the last one, the team didn't look very good. And I wonder if they had a kind of inkling that maybe something might be happening. And that's why they played so poorly, because Mm. they realized that one of their top players was about to be dealt. I don't know. No inside information. Watching the game. Watching social media. Made a nice little tinfoil hat. Looked very cute in it. Stylish. Profiling. And uh, that's what I came up with. And uh, apparently one of the main uh, goalie scouts was there for the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, player development and one of their head goaltending people. So, yeah, just standard um, When you stuff. start seeing AGMs and yeah, but, player people of coaching and notes that are scouts, then you start getting a little. Yeah, but, like, what were they watching him sit on the bench and how he's opening the door? Well, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or or else they came like, and they were Could have like, been watching Tanev as or, well. Or maybe they just wanted to ride the plane back to New Jersey with them so he wasn't lonely. Maybe. What about that? Maybe well, th- if only we had an insider on on the show today. In like <laughs> to, a mi- five minutes. Crazy. To ask him about this. So crazy. I don't know. What do you think? Am I crazy? Which one of no. those is the craziest thing? No. We saw the Which one of those is the most, most lunatic thing I came up with? Because I felt like some of it was a little bit crazy. And again. I wasn't and- totally confident sharing those on the air. Yeah. I had shared those in a text to a friend, but I but here we are. Okay. Um... Wolf does not look good enough for the NHL. No, I wasn't going to Respectfully, say that. kick rocks. No, I wasn't going to say Jamie and Airdrie. Oh. Okay, no, well, this is what I was going to say. Uh, there's going to be a lot of growing pains once Dustin Wolf takes over the crease for the Calgary Flames because more likely he's not going to be playing in front of the best team to begin with because they're going to be training away a lot of key pieces on the blue line. Mm-hmm. But he but needs... Last night, last night was a glimpse of life without Jacob Markstrom. What, what's Kron's number say? What, you need like 50 games, 60 games to really know what you are Didn't as a goaltender? Didn't he say 100 for 100? a goaltender? Sorry, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is the future here. It's seven yeah. games, and yeah. the team has played like absolute trash in front of him in multiple outings. Mm-hmm. And I know people were saying, hey, it wasn't bad luck yesterday. Well, if you're Dustin Wolf, I would consider it bad luck because you got to start where Uyghur threw up a pizza Hannafin threw up a pizza. Your best defensive defense when knocked one past you. You had a, a, a deflection rainbow over top of you. And everyone's saying Wolf is too small. That would have gone right over Markstrom as well. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, Wolf just looks small in comparison to Markstrom. 
Yeah, he does. Well, he looks small compared to a lot of people out there. And my thing here, too, is like, I don't know. As someone who has watched this kid straight dominate the AHL, and I know it is not the same, but once he kind of gets used to the speed up here and understanding kind of the guys in front of him and all that type of stuff, I just think yep. it's going to be a little bit of a different game sure. for him. So, But at the same time, it's also a massive step up from the American Without hockey. a doubt, and that's why yep. he doesn't have to play all of them, right? Right. You play Dan Vladar, and if he goes through some slumps, he goes through some slumps, some some working pains here. Listen, there's a lot of teams with some good goaltenders that are all kind of trying to ease them into action. In Minnesota, it's Jesper Volstead. In Nashville, it's yep. Askarov. Yaroslav Askarov. In Florida, they're working with Spencer Knight, right? Like, there's a lot of young goaltenders that are knocking on the door, and all these teams are trying to figure out the best way to take them from being elite AHL guys to guys that can play at the NHL level, and I think that's a, a hard thing to do. Hmm. Uh, we'll talk to Brent Cron about that coming up at 8 o'clock. Frank Cervalli, straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Powered by mortgagestogo.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit mortgages to go. .ca. At the top of the hour, Big Show Flames analyst, the solution snake, the Cobra himself, Mr. Brent Cron, will weigh in on Dustin Wolf's performance last night and that stinky, stinky 6-3 loss by the Calgary Flames to the San Jose Sharks tonight. And uh, Jacob Markstrom was the backup last night. Matty had his uh, tinfoil hat on, potentially saying, well, is he kind of saying goodbye to the fans a little bit? Maybe distracted a little bit? Lots of Devils, Scouts, and attendants. If we only had an insider, we could talk to you about this next. Hey, let's do that with Frank Cervalli. Brought to you by South Trail Exports. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailExports.com. Frank, good morning. How are you? Good morning, boys. What's going on? Um, a lot of Jacob Markstrom talking fodder, yeah. which is super interesting and intriguing. If you could put a – I'm going to put you on the spot. Sorry. Uh, if you could put a percentage on what the chances of that was Markstrom's last appearance as a flame last night, where would you put it? I can't give you a number. Honestly, like, I I understand why everyone had the tinfoil hat. I mean, not participating in morning skate, I believe, as well. And I I, I understand what your th line of thinking is, what everyone's looking for. Everyone wants to point to the devil scouts being in attendance. I get it. Mm -hmm. I can only tell you that from the conversations I've had in the last 24 hours, um, I, I don't have any knowledge or intel that anything is new or changed. Now, does that mean that the flames and devils can't get back together and resume their conversations that they were having last week that I believe went down as far as you could possibly go without making a deal, but that has been disputed. Um, I, I, I just, I, I wouldn't want to put a percentage on it based on everything that's gone on back and forth. Um, you, you did mention that to our Pat Steinberg this week. Yep. Why didn't, why ultimately didn't the deal get done? I, I don't know. And, and again, the, the way that I've characterized conversations and discussions has been disputed. Uh, people have said, that's not true that it didn't nearly get done or wasn't at the finish line. 
I think in a lot of ways we're dealing in semantics. Um, there's zero question, like none, that the Flames and New Jersey Devils have had substantive discussions on Jacob Markstrom. And there's zero debate that Jacob Markstrom has shown an interest in it's not even necessarily New Jersey. It's he wants to play for a contending team. He wants to have a chance to win. And he understands where this is going in Calgary, watching the pending UFAs around him leave and where, you know, it's going to take a couple years. It's not going to be at any point during the term that's left on his contract that he's going to have an opportunity to win a Stanley cup. Did Craig Conroy approach Jacob Markstrom about being dealt? I believe they've had informal conversations, like meaning when I say that, I don't think to my knowledge, there hasn't mm-hmm. been a piece of paper put in front of him that's asked him to sign, but I think they've had, and they have enough of an understanding that his interest is in competing. Would that package only be exclusive to Jacob Markstrom? Would a Tanev be included? Would a Noah Hannafin be included? And, what are we potentially talking about that you've kind of heard what the Devils would be sending back? That part remains unclear and don't know how big a package is, if it's just centered on Markstrom, if there are other pieces included and what that might look like. And and I think one of the keys here in talking about all this is what do the Flames have going on on the salary retention front? They don't have any retained salary transactions currently on their cap. They have the ability to have as many as three. Will they be aggressive, particularly with someone in Markstrom who has term, in order to use some of those slots to potentially get a better return? Now, the the, the line of thinking is that as a whole, the Flames organization isn't a huge fan of retaining money aka paying players to pay paying players to play somewhere else and that's understandable and and this you know there's still uh lots of lingering daryl sutter discord over his contract and and him continuing to be paid today that probably leaves a sour taste in the upper front office's mouth which is understandable but i think the they're willing to to retain so long as it actually does juice the return and bring back Calgary more than if they otherwise were just making a trade straight up. I want to get more with the Flames in just a moment here, but do you see the Devils making a trade for a goaltender, whether it's Markstrom or somebody else? Do you see that being almost a done deal? I think they're one of the three teams that I have on my list that I'd be very surprised if we get to the other side of March 8th and they haven't made a move for a goalie. I just, with this team, with Jack Hughes back, and I know the the meme last night from the Kings was unreal. <laughs> um, but with Jack Hughes back and healthy now and still knocking on the door of the playoffs, I think they owe it to the rest of their team. Carolina's in that same category. The, the Devils are a little different in that they're looking for some long-term stability. I'd include Carolina and, and Colorado. So those three teams, you know, you could maybe add the Kings, although I don't mm-hmm. know how aggressive they're going to be, but that's sort of how the, the goalie market shapes up for me. 
How much of a partner does Dallas look like for the Flames if it comes to moving one of their defensemen? Oh, I think Dallas has been on the prowl for a defenseman for a bit. I think Chris Tanev makes so much sense for them from a stylistic standpoint. They're 22nd in the league in block shots. Uh, Chris Tanev is second among all individual defensemen, all, all individual skaters, not just defensemen. And you guys see him on a night-to-night basis. There's not a lot of, you know, there isn't a ton of extra physicality when it comes to Tanev's game. Like if you look at his his hits or any, anything like that, um, but he just has a different brand of hockey that he plays than what Dallas currently has on their defense core. And I think that's one thing that they could probably really use is a little bit of a, you know, an element, so to speak, that isn't there and, you know, could help put that team over the top. I mean, look, they're, they're leading the central and they've missed two really significant players for chunks of this year in, in Miro Haskinen and uh, Jake Ottinger. So to me, I picked Dallas to win the Stanley cup before the year started. I don't see any reason to change that. And part of the reason for that is I think their game translates so well to the different brand of hockey that you play in the postseason, And adding someone like Tanev, I, I could just see that being an ideal fit. The Flames have three forwards who are UFAs at the end of next season, Sharon Govich, Kuzmenko, and then Manjapani. I know you had put Manjapani in a deal back on a fun Valentine's Day exercise you did <laughs> on Wednesday, and I'm sure that kicked the hornet's nest some, but do you see any intrigue have you heard anything on the players with term that are on the flames as we get closer to the deadline yeah i think there's i think there's been some calls made on tons of players on the flames roster and i think you can include rasmus anderson in that category um you know i I think part of the mission and mandate that craig conroy has right now is to explore every opportunity that's presented to him And it may not be all of the guys we're thinking. The Flames may not be seriously considering some of the overtures that are made. But I I don't think they're in any position to be slamming down the phone and and hanging up on anything that's outside of, you know, the, the real young guys on their roster that have been contributors and frankly have made this season, if you're a Flames fan, interesting and watchable. So outside of that, I think... You, you, you probably owe it to the rest of the build and the organization that you consider everything that comes down the pike, and I, I think they are. Frank Saravalli, NHL Insider, Daily Faceoff, courtesy of South Trail Exports, Big Show, Russick and Rose. By the way, why do you think that Maddie kicked the hornet's nest with Manjapani? Well, I just his name hadn't been out there very much, and you threw a Manjapani to the Leafs. Like, I, I just felt like any time you throw the Leafs into anything, all of a sudden people are going to start getting their arms up in a bunch. Yeah, I mean, people didn't like the hypothetical fun Valentine's Day. I also, trade. yeah, they they don't realize that it's kind of just a bit for the show, and, and that you're not saying that these are straight up links right like i think that's another part of it too is anytime that you say anything people say oh there's something to this and and if you listen to the segment it was more of a a bit you guys were doing on the show yeah it's a hypothetical hey take six players in the league and match them up with someone and for me you know hannafin that's the one really tough part that i think the flames are realizing when it comes to noah hannafin is they it's not a huge market 
like the list of hmm. teams that has a need that has the assets and is in contender mode to trade for them. It's, it's not obscenely long. Like I, I can come up with six teams at a maximum for Hannafin. No. Frank, real quickly, can you just rehash the deal that you had uh, hypothetically thrown out there back on Wednesday? Because I don't know if George heard it, and I'd like to get his thought. Yeah, let me see if I can find it. Because um, I knew it was Hannafin and Mangiapane from the Flames, and there was several pieces that were involved with it from Toronto as well, and one of them was Revo. Yeah, so um, this was, again... Reminder, Remind- like it's, it's pure <laughs> hypothetical and fun. Like there's zero, and I said this in the story, there's zero reporting involved in this whatsoever. But what I was trying to do was to solve needs from both teams. And so it was Hannafin and Manjapani for a first round pick, third round pick, fifth round pick, Ryan Reeves, Nick Robertson, and Topi Niemela. So... Basically, if you're to boil all that down, it's a first for Hannafin, a third for Manjapani, a fifth to retain the money on Hannafin, and then you're also taking money back on Reeves for a couple years because he has a three-year deal, and you're going to need people to fill out your lineup and someone to also protect your young guys. And then you get to take a flyer on two NHL ready players that may or may not be anything. Nick Robertson and Topi Niemela. We talked about this. Too little? Is it great? Like Like, uh, the the uh, Leafs are looking for, the Leafs are looking for bottom six forward help or middle six forward help. Right. Because they get no depth scoring. And they're also looking to improve their D, even though Morgan Riley is also a left shot. So I'm just yeah. giving you an insight into how my brain works. Yeah, with with all due respect to Nick uh, Robertson, I think they've given him a, an opportunity to. And I know he dealt with some injuries too, but it feels like he kind of is what he is. He's a guy that his brother's really good, and he's a guy that he's an NHL player in a, in a bottom six role. But is he a guy? If his that last can... name was anything other than Robertson, I don't know that we ever pay attention or talk about. Well, that's him. what I mean, right? And especially if he played for Seattle or some other team that isn't Toronto. Uh, honestly, Frank, like I, and again, this isn't, this isn't a, a slight against the player, but just based on what I've seen and the opportunities they've given him, I think it would be very prudent for the flames to trade Andrew Mangiapane. I really would. Well, to and me, that's, he's that's a... why I included him. I don't think yeah, he's in their he's... long-term plans. And I think if, even if you need to retain 50% on him now to knock him down mm. to 2.9 to make him palatable, I could see for the Leafs why 2.9 is a decent enough bet for him. And you have some cost certainty for your forward group moving forward. Sure. And I could understand why the Flames would like to just say, you know, appreciate you know the job you've done here, but time to move on. And he's from Toronto. Yeah, uh, that, that potentially could help a lot. I uh, wanted to ask you, um, and we've had this conversation, and you kind of alluded to it there earlier in the interview, there really isn't an, an untouchable here on the Calgary Flames, is there? I mean, I would, yeah, I would say Connor Zary is an untouchable. Okay. I would say... I don't think they'd – why would you want to engage on these guys? Like, you need you need pieces. Unless it was some part of bigger deal that 
like you know, what? Like what could possibly I don't know. bring? Yeah, like I, I don't know. Like maybe you include him and you picks and you want to get in the top three of the draft. I don't know. Like I, I don't know what that would look like. But, that's not. Yeah, it's not happening. Okay, but but still, like it's it's okay. Uh, but I, I, I would agree say with him you. Him and Peltier are probably as close as you can get. Right. Now. More so than Wolf. Peltier more so well, than Wolf. Well, no, and Wolf wouldn't be included as well. Sure. Last night, notwithstanding. Right. Um, very, very interesting. You mentioned uh, there's a short list of teams for Noah Hannafin. Well, in, in your opinion or in your reporting, what are those teams? The the six that I can come up with, and they're of all varying degrees of interest, Toronto, New Jersey, the New York Islanders, Tampa Bay Lightning, Detroit Red Wings, and Vegas Golden Knights. Now, unless I'm missing something, and unless there's a you know another, like I, I go through I, basically what how I arrived at that market analysis is, like I'm looking at Boston, and they just gave up a huge package for Hampus Lindholm, who by the way I think is the perfect trade comp for the Leafs and Hannafin if they can get it, hmm. and this also but also a left shot D. Like why do the Bruins need another seven and a half million dollar left shot D? doesn't really compute to me. doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, Dallas, like there's, you look at the way Harley has played this year. They don't need a left shot. D. Like go through all the contending teams and you start to really arrive at a, a fact, a point that there's not a huge burgeoning need from these teams. Like the Rangers don't need him. The, the, the Canes don't need him. Uh, the Devils, they're on the list, but how different is Noah Hannafin than Damon Severson, who they let walk and they could have re-signed for less? To now then spend crazy assets for the guy that you just, more or less, at least analytically and statistically, all the underlying numbers point to Hannafin and, and Severson being extremely close. I think Hannafin's the better, more impactful piece, but to give up a lot of the pieces that we just talked about, does that make sense for New Jersey? A lot of the other teams in the East are out. Unless there's a non-playoff team in the mix, how aggressive will Tampa be? Can they fit Hannafin moving forward? Detroit, I could see that being a, a potential destination. And then it is in Vegas, would Hannafin be a nice replacement piece next year for Alec Martinez. I but they also have Shea Theodore coming back at some point. So mm. you you really begin to work through the market and I think that's what Calgary's realizing and perhaps maybe that's why after last summer they went back and took another run and a, a big swing at re-signing him. Yarmo Kekalino was let go by the Columbus Blue Jackets earlier this week. How does that affect what they're going to do for the upcoming trade deadline with John Davidson coming down from the president role to do the interim GM work until the end of the season? Probably not a whole lot um, in the sense that I, I'd imagine having worked together for so long that John Davidson and Yarmo Kekalainen were probably in pretty lockstep in terms of how they think about this roster and how they go about, you know, tinkering with it, I guess you would say when it comes to the deadline, I think not different than Calgary or any other team that's 
probably not making the playoffs, even if there's a player that you're probably not thinking about moving, and Boone Jenner, I think, is the great example as captain of that team, if something comes across your desk that really makes you think, like, I don't, they're not in any position to not do it or to at least not consider it. The timing's curious, right, Frank? Like, it just is to before... me. I mean, you could have done this in September. Right. And uh, but then uh, why not? Why not at the All-Star break? Why not? I mean, there's a million opportunities. Why? Why yesterday? Like, were they holding like was 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 ownership saying that if they're in a playoff spot here, he'll save his job? Is that essentially what it was? I mean, that was out the window two months ago. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's why the time is so curious, right? No, I, I think there's been a lot of really questionable roster moves, uh, playing time situations. I think there's been a ton of drama surrounding the David Yurichek situation and him mm. being shuttled back and forth to the minors, sitting as a healthy scratch. I think. In some ways, my guess is Yarmo Kekalainen went down swinging, went down is you know with his own set of beliefs that he wasn't willing to interfere and or um, influence playing time and and lineup decisions that he let that lay with Pascal Vincent, who I think is probably squarely you know in the bullseye zone now. Um, even though this is his first year as head coach, that there's been a lot of stuff that's unfolded and happened this year that just don't make sense. And it's been a team trying to go for it and make the playoffs, but has never really even been in the mix since the opening week of the season. Frank, we kind of touched on this, and we even talked about it earlier on the show, what an incredible season he's having. In your opinion, today, you know, whatever the hell day it is, February 16th, is Sidney Crosby going to finish his career as a Pittsburgh Penguin? I think he is. I don't have any evidence to suggest that he won't. Mm. I think there's going to be some tough sledding for a few years to end it off, but it's not like he hasn't experienced as good a run of success as any Mount Rushmore-type player in league history could. I mean, three Stanley Cups, four trips to the final and a 17-year playoff streak. Like, how much more does one want in their tenure? <laughs> Am I but, missing but something? The, I don't know, but that, and he also scoring one of the biggest goals in our country's history. But Yeah, but that uh, doesn't have anything to do with Pittsburgh. No, no, it doesn't. But uh, also, because he's such a competitor, and that's who he is, that's why he got to where he was, or is still, like, you don't think there's still that? Because he, he knows what's going on. He's not stupid. This team is nowhere near oh. a Stanley Cup contender, especially with those pieces around him. But he seems to continually be one of the best players in the NHL. And, in fact, I don't think we talk enough about how good he still is in the season he's put together. But just just that drive, that potential. We don't even talk potential. about McDavid casually scoring six assists the other night. Six-point yeah. night, and it's like, ah, eh, whatever. Yeah, Yawn. I know it. That's just how I don't know why that is, but that's how we we run out of superlatives. We run out mm-hmm. of really nice, interesting things to say about these guys, and we're just like, yep. Yeah. As if the excellence that they show on a night to night basis is like ordinary. Yeah. 
because it's so insanely hard not just to do it but then to also do it consistently night after night after night it's insane yeah kind of what i'm getting at is if there was any two places in my opinion that he would end up or would want to end up maybe playing in denver with his buddy mckinnon or his childhood team the habs and help them potentially be a playoff team or a stanley cup team and you know three years from now i don't know that's the only destination i can see him playing yeah, the line of thinking with people who know Sid really well was that if he were to ever go anywhere, he'd want to play in L.A. Really? Because that's where he spends his summers. At okay. least a chunk of it. But, uh, I, I mean, so you, who knows? I don't even think it's fair to speculate on because I don't... Right. I don't think he's you, ever really seriously considered and or thought that he'd be playing anywhere other than Pittsburgh. And I think in some ways given what they're about to go through not having Sidney Crosby, even for three years or whatever it might be, I, I think it vastly undermines the value of the Pittsburgh Penguins franchise as a whole. Hmm. Well, if you did go to LA Frank, I think you'd be reporting on another PLD trade potentially to make room for him. Yep. But Andre Kopitar is what? Two years left. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we accomplished some stuff, Frank. I hope so. I mean, look, I I hate the ambiguity. I feel uncomfortable about where the situation is with Jacob Markstrom right now. Uh, I feel pretty strongly about the intel that I received last week and over the weekend. And I understand the sensitivities in play. Sure. Uh, Sometimes it's not an easy job what you do, Frank, but we appreciate you. Thanks, pal. Sifting through piles and mounds of BS on a daily basis. Okay. On every uh, side, a... to be fair. Okay. Great job, pal. We'll do it mm. next week. Stinky. See you guys. All right, Frank Cervalli brought to you by South Trail Exports. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailExports.com. There you go. He can only go on what he's heard. We know uh, the franchise kind of refuted it this week on our show, but... As Maddie said, kind of the if you kind of read all the tea leaves, what's going on, feels like maybe something's close, or this could be a summer thing that you've been talking about the whole time. Very interesting times. Yeah, it's going to be just turn on the alerts ahead of March eight. I think that's kind of where I'm at. I might have to do that today. I might have to get to the alerts. Turn on all the okay. regulars. Little okay. uh, little Elliot, little uh, drags. A little bit of uh, Pierre, a little Frank, a little Pags. Yep. Am I missing anybody? Uh, Eklund. So we will. Uh, I don't even. We'll know talk who to. That you. Is. He yeah, ran this website, HockeyBuzz.com. He was the original. He was like an OG insider. He oh, doesn't yeah. really have a face. Nobody knows what he looks like. He always wore a hockey mask. Yeah. I love when my insiders are faceless. Yeah, it's the best ones, right? Mm-hmm. It's like anonymous. Yeah. So. Uh, I want to ask Brent Cron a question about the Jacob Markstrom trade speculation. We'll do that next. We'll get his opinion on Dustin Wolf's start last night with that stinky, stinky 6-3 loss to the San Jose Sharks. The Chronolist is next. Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan.